welcome to another episode of Turn Left. I am your host, Indiana's own Dana Black, coming to you live. Yes. All the way live from Black Pearl Studios, we talk about Indiana politics from the left side of things. Boy, tell me, have the last seven days been like the most insane roller coaster ride when it comes to women re- women's reproductive rights? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Y'all, I'm just gonna go straight on into my rant because we gotta talk about it. CNN reports a state judge on Thursday blocked an Indiana law banning abortion at all stages of pregnancy with limited exceptions from being enforced a week after it went into effect. The abortion ban, Senate Bill 1, which was passed over the summer during a special session, took effect on September 15th. In her order, Hanlon wrote that there is reasonable likelihood that decisions about family planning, including decisions about whether to carry a pregnancy to term, are included in the Constitution's protection. The judge, however, did not agree with plaintiffs that the ban violates the Constitution's equal privilege protection by discriminating against abortion providers. Plaintiffs said in a joint statement, they're grateful that the court granted much needed relief for patients, clients, and providers, but this fight is far from over. We knew this ban would cause irreparable harm to Hoosiers. And in just a single week, it has done just that. They said, the plaintiffs in the suit are abortion providers, Planned Parenthood of Great Northwest, Hawaii, Alaska, Indiana, Kentucky, Whole Women's Health Alliance, Women's Med, Indiana OBGYN, Dr. Amy Caldwell, and the nonprofit All Options, Inc., which operates a pregnancy resource center that includes an abortion fund. And of course, the dude's salary that we pay, the Indiana Attorney General Tavakita said Thursday that he will appeal. Because he ain't got nothing else to do. Of course he's going to appeal. Okay, but look, this is a this is a doorway. It obviously doesn't solve the problems. We still got to, the fact that they're still passing this kind of nonsense at the state house is problematic. That's why we got to be focused uh, on this election coming up in November, but the stay may actually save lives. I'm just going to throw that out there. There may be some women right now who were struggling or didn't have the resources to go to Illinois cuz thank goodness our neighbors over there um have the ability to you know, make sure that we are can seek access, but they someone from from Richmond, Indiana, may not have been able to go all the way over to Illinois to seek those services. So, you know, for now, it's a state, and we'll let the fight begin. But here, but also something else y'all need to consider: this is a whole lot more tax money being spent to deny people access to reproductive health care. I wish we would take some of that tax money and do something more productive with it. Like I don't know, high speed internet in rural Indiana. Still don't have that yet. We, we still don't have it. So this is kind of some good news. Considering last week, it was awful. Felt bad. It felt awful. But now we have a little stay and we can continue to try to work. Guys, I named those organizations on purpose. If you want to donate to those organizations, especially Planned Parenthood, who are, who are fighting those fights, seek them out find them, donate to whatever it is that you can donate so that we can continue this fight because they're put, they're fighting this lawsuit for us. So we can, you know, slip them a few coins to let them know that we care if they take donations. So look them up. Again, they are Planned Parenthood of Great Northwest, Hawaii, Alaska, Indiana, Kentucky, Whole Women's Health Alliance, Women's Med, and the not-for-profit All Options, Inc. So slip them some coins, slip them some coins. All right, some good news, some good news. 
WISHTV.com reports, the House has passed legislation to overhaul the rules for certifying the results of a presidential election as lawmakers accelerate their response to the January 6, 2021 insurrection and 45's failed attempt to remain in power. The bill, which is similar to a bipartisan legislation moving through the Senate, would overhaul an arcane 1800s era statute known as the Electoral Count Act that governs, along with the U.S. Constitution, how states and Congress certify electors and declare presidential election winners. While the process has long been routine and ceremonial, the Orange Menace and a group of his aides and lawyers unsuccessfully tried to exploit loopholes in the law in an attempt to overturn his the defeat that he took at the hands of Joe Biden. The legislation would set new parameters around the January 6th joint session of Congress that happens every four years after the election. The day turned violent last year. We already know that because they didn't want to believe and he turned his minions loose. The legislation intends to ensure that future January 6th sessions are as the Constitution envisioned, just a ceremony, and we don't have any more issues. So hopefully, you know, it's going through the Senate. There's enough votes to pass the similar bill, and the same bill that was that's in the Senate passed along party lines, whatever. You know, we have the majority. I'm glad they're trying to get this through before the election in the event People want to vote for insurrectionists, election deniers, and people who want to deny, you know, reproductive rights and we lose the house because it could happen, right? So we want to make sure that we get this taken care of. Congratulations on them. Plus, I'm glad they're passing this legislation because you know what? Our secretary of state uh, candidate, the Republican, Diego Morales, this punk chicken um, guy, (laughs) I had to pull it back. Had to pull it back. He's afraid of Destiny Wells. He don't want none of that smoke. He's decided that he is not going to debate. WFYI reports, Republican Secretary of State candidate Diego Morales is resisting calls to participate in a debate. Morales' campaign said his focus is on traveling all 92 counties. They point to the interviews he's done and note there are no congressional debates in Indiana this year, nor in other statewide races for state auditor or treasurer. Libertarian State Secretary of State candidate Jeff Maurer said Morales is hiding. If your ideas are so bad that you can't even stand in front of a crowd of people, of your neighbors to defend them, then something's wrong. You, you need better ideas. That's the Libertarian. I know mm-hmm. Destiny Wells wants to debate. She ain't never scared. I, listen, Diego Morales is horrible. He got fired twice from the Secretary of State's office. Twice. He's an election denier. The legislation they're passing in Congress to protect, you know, the ceremonial January 6th, you know, counting of the votes is necessary because of people like Diego Morales. But if we show up, oh my goodness, and we have a good voter turnout, Destiny Wells will be our next Secretary of State. And that's the person we need to support. So make sure, oh yeah, I got her coming on the show. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We gonna, we gonna chop it up. Me and Destiny gonna chop it up. She's coming. So that's my rant. That's the news. Uh, ladies, check yourself, check your health, check your mental health. Cause I know we were just on a, a mental an emotional roller coaster over the last seven days. We have a lot of events coming up. We're real close to, you know, people ramping up their GOTV efforts to get out the vote. 
So you have a couple of more weeks to register to vote. If you haven't already done that, of course, everybody that listens to Turn Left has. I'm not even worried about that. But we just got to make sure we turn people out, okay? So there's a lot to do between now and November. So we got to get her done. All right, that's my rant. Indiana's on Dana Black, Turn Left. Listen, I am excited about having my guests on. You know, you know, we're talking about women's reproductive rights, and I think it is so important that we have and elect more women uh, to all areas of government. We are over 51% of the population in the state of Indiana, yet we're around 30% of the elected officials. That's not even really right. It's more like 27, 27%. So we got to do better about electing more women because when you have more women at the table, the conversation changes. And in the case of the Secretary of State's race, the intelligence level changes too. Yep, I said it. All right, first up, my guest running out of the Tippecanoe County. I love Tippy. Y'all need to have me up there more often. I'm feeling I'm feeling neglected by Tippecanoe. I'm not scared of Mitch Daniels. I'll just rest my elbow on his head. I'll come up there. I don't mind. Y'all give it up for my first guest running for county council in Tippecanoe County, Lisa Dillon. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure having you. And I was just with her last week up in Huntington County, hanging out. Y'all giving up, running for state representative in House District 50, Tamara Ingalls. Tammy, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> nice to be here. Yay. Yay. I'm so glad to have you guys here. So, you know, before we dive into who you guys are and, and what you're working on, how are y'all feeling after, you know, the law taking effect September 15th and then today a hold on it? Tell me what you're feeling and what you're going through right now. And Lisa, we'll start with you. Happy that the law is on hold, but I'm still very worried that that it's not going to last and that if we don't get out to vote, we're going to have things like um, a national abortion uh, ban that uh, Lindsay, Senator Lindsey Graham has proposed. So I'm I'm very concerned that, yeah, today we talk about Illinois being a place we can go. That that may not last. Um, so we need to get people out to vote. So I'm I'm glad it's on hold, but I'm still still worried. Absolutely. Tammy? Um, I have been stoked about this. This I have to say this uh, when they first floated the idea of uh, an abortion ban in Indiana, I was like energized and I was down at the state house and throwing my voice out there. I even signed up to testify, but they never got to my name. And you know, it was it was demoralizing last Thursday, but that just gives me more energy again. And I have to remind, it gives me so much energy. I have to remind myself, okay, take a break now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, or else I'll put out too much effort. But yeah, I mean, I was really stoked today. Uh, that was exciting news. Um, and of course, of course we knew that they were going to appeal, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop us. Exactly. We're not going to stop raising our voices about this exactly nor nor should we nor should we all right let's dive into you guys because i want to i want people to fall in love with you and donate to your campaign speaking of which if you like what these ladies are talking about click on their donation link i have included their act blue donation link so if you like what they're talking about and you want to support them five dollars goes a long way y'all five dollars all right lisa tell the people who you are and where you come from 
Sure. So I am one of those women who went to the Women's March in 2018 and started to get involved and started looking around my community and um, realized that there were a lot of things that needed to be fixed. Um, so I, among other things, I uh, decided to run for county council in 2018. And I was elected along with um, Alana Stonebreaker, and we were the first Democrats elected to the Tippecanoe County Council in 24 years. So that was really an exciting time. Uh, we also elected our first sheriff, Democratic sheriff, I think, ever. And so uh, now we're up for re-election. Um, I think we've done some good things. I know um, on the county council, we've been able to uh, get solar installed for the first time on a, on a building. We've been able to really improve our accountability and transparency. We've got Zoom, everything's on YouTube. We didn't have that before. So people can learn more about what's going on in the county. And the other thing I really care a lot about is voting rights. And we had some pretty bad voting machines in Tippecanoe County that had a lot of issues. We've got new voting machines. So I wanna take that and and move that forward and continue with you know improving voting access, uh, improving, tra <laughs> improving transparency. And then of course, um, you know, we got a big problem with climate. I love it. I love that you, you know, you, you were like, I want to get involved and ran. That means you ran a good race. What was it like the first time you ran? Did you, what kind of help did you get? Um, you know, it was, I, I was not a political person. I was, you know, I had canvassed for Obama in 2008, but I wasn't really overly involved, but I just felt there wasn't opening. Someone asked me to run. I would, had been doing work with uh, Indivisible, the Indivisible movement. And someone said, hey, you should run for county council. Uh, I had a good financial background. As you probably know, county council does a lot of financial stuff. Mm -hmm. So I felt it was a really good match with my background. And um, it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot more fun than I thought. Um, and I really enjoyed the work as well. And I feel like I can add value, which I enjoy. I love that. And I love that you you just didn't, you seem like you didn't have any fear. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. It was a little fear, <laughs> but I mean, I did have a lot of people that wanted me to do it and supported me. So that made it a lot easier. So did you have anything uh, before the 2018 March that made you civically engaged? Did you, had you done anything as a young person and when you were in school or anything? You know, I had done stuff like I'd been a Planned Parent, uh, uh, Planned Parenthood volunteer in college. And I had done some um, rape education stuff in college and I had been, you know, a, a big, or, you know, big brothers, big sisters, and I did a lot of little things. I did canvas for Obama in 2008, but I really was focused on my career and, and raising my family. And then, in, you know, after uh, Donald Trump was elected, I felt like I just couldn't, I, I needed to step up my uh, game and do more. That's what's up. I appreciate that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing more wonderful. That's how I got started. I mean, literally, yeah. Rifra. Rifra was the thing that lit a fire under my tail. And that, they should have never done that. If they didn't want to hear my big mouth, they should, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Tammy. And I think, oh, I think we're seeing that with Dobbs. I think with the Dobbs decision, yep. I think we're seeing a lot more women step up and realize that we need to take control of our country. Absolutely. Again. Especially since here in Indiana, we don't have referendums and we don't have ballot initiatives. So we have to make sure that we're, yes. we're electing the right people into office. Tammy, Absolutely. tell the people who you are and where you come from. 
Oh, um, I'm from, I live in Wabash. Well, I live outside of Wabash in a nice little um, old, old, old house. And um, I was born in Texas, but then I'm still a seventh generation Hoosier because my dad was in the Air Force. And um, so when he got out of the Air Force, we came back here and that's where I've been for 44 years. Wow. Uh, I love Indiana. And it's taken me a long time to say that, but I really do. I love my home. I met my husband here. I've had a great job, many great, a number of great jobs here. And now I have a wonderful home. I have great friends here. And every once in a while on social media, someone will say, well, if you don't like it here, just move. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, I'm here to change things. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I did not, I, I was petrified when I decided to put my name on the ballot because I kind of had this weird, weird feeling that my opponent would win the primary against Dan Leonard and she did. And so, so that's why I'm running. I'm running to keep extremism out of our lawmaking mm -hmm. because it's you know we already know that with a supermajority it's not balanced no. we don't need more extremists right in our state house pulling pulling these kind of decisions farther to the right farther to a theocracy yeah. and an autocracy Yep, yep. So that's why I'm running. And, and you know, um, in the many months since then, I have, like I said earlier, been so energized and learning so quickly. <laughs> and it's just, I, I, I just can't wait to get up in the morning and do things now. Right. I love it. So um, I, I hit my computer and I see who I'm going to talk to today. And, and then I'm out the door and or, or maybe not necessarily out the door. I'm sitting at my desk, calling people, and and uh, it, it's been fun. Yeah. It's well, you know, fun. you're not you're not wrong in wanting to keep the extremists out of as many extremists out of the state house as possible. We we saw the Oath Keepers release um, last mm. week, the the data leak, mm. and we already know that there are elected officials. You know, um, and but 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 was there something else like did you when you were growing up? I mean, you're, you're obviously a military uh, family, so there's service involved there. Was there anything else that was happening in your youth that, you know, student council or anything like that? Um, actually, I did run for student council my first uh, my freshman year, but I, I lost because the rich kids, they were more popular than me. I came from a poor, poor school. <laughs> um, but. In 4-H, I was always an office holder. I started out as a treasurer in the fifth grade. And um, my last four years, I was president of our club. Then I went to college and I became president of a couple of clubs in college. And then um, went to work where my dad worked, which it's Haynes International, it's in Kokomo. Uh, they call it a steel plant, but steel isn't what they make, it's, it's alloy. And uh, I was a union representative with the steel workers. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, union so, strong, yeah, baby. I mean, I have a little bit of experience. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I've just never 
really dreamed I would be going for a public office yeah I, I you know what at, at least i bet you can say the same thing i bet you know long before you got into the race you probably never thought that you'd be running for office <laughs> I, I never thought like I, i'll be honest i thought it was i wasn't like able to you, you know what i'm saying like i thought you had to have like the, all of these credentials and titles and years of and it was like oh no and then when you run, you realize that most, some of the people that are in office are kind of idiots, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's to say the least, <laughs> to say the least. And so we see, um, so, you know, uh, uh, we see where the state house, a lot of people focus in on, on what's going on at the fed level. Cause it's, you know, national news, it always gets all the hype, but we already know a lot of the stuff that's happening is in the state house and down. Um, mm -hmm. Talk about when, Lisa, when you're out in the community and you're talking to your mm -hmm. constituents, you know, you, you ran a good race last time, you're, you've made some good strides on the council and now you're out campaigning again. What are your constituents talking to you about? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I think when you look at Tippecanoe County, we're in a pretty, we're, we're the home of Purdue, so we're in a pretty good position, right? We've got a growing community. We've got Purdue's doing pretty well, and we can talk about Mitch Daniels if you want. Um, but we have some long-term, and, and financially, we're in a pretty good position compared to a lot of counties in, in Tippecanoe. But my concern is, and I think a lot of people's concern is, what does the future hold for us when you've got things like uh, who's going to want to go to Purdue when you've got an abortion ban? Like that, that is a big concern. Who's going to want to move here? We know we've got um, college educated people come to Indiana, get college educated, and then they leave. Yeah. More than, yeah. you know, we're at, we're at the low end of, of the states. So those types of um, decisions that are being made at the Indiana State House are, are, impact are impacting us and are going to be impacting us you know depending on what happens with this abortion ban in the future so those are those are some of the concerns that i see that's interesting because you know it, it I, I find it and when you get in the state house maybe tell me you can ask them why they don't understand that quality of life and how people you know want to exist in the world has as much to do as that triple a rating if not more because I know a lot of people around the state don't know, don't care that Indiana has a triple A rating. Uh, why do you, you know, we, we all pay attention. Why do, why don't our Republican leaders understand the importance of quality of life? Tammy, what do you think? Oh, Dana, that is like the million dollar question. Isn't it? Uh, I don't, I don't understand why they don't, you know, Indiana is, dead last in both water and air pollution. And they, you know, the Republicans in the state house don't even want to address it. You know, we're third from the bottom in maternal um, mortality and they don't want to address it. They just want to make it worse. You know, we've shown them the numbers. We've, we've, we've explained to them how an abortion ban will make those numbers spike. You know, it's like we're reaching for number one or, you know, the bottom of the barrel. Right? We want to be like Mississippi. 
you know <laughs> i mean I, I think i think it all boils down to they have this idea entrenched in their minds that the better we make it for business by offering tax breaks and um you know cheap labor cheap 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 labor yeah but you know but, but but see the thing about that is, is like you know we had we lose business opportunities right we lose them right. like we, we we heard you know the eli Lilly ceo say look i can't even <laughs> expand the high tech stuff here because we don't have you know the workforce ready to go so i'm going to go somewhere else and i'm going to tailor the work that's in indiana because i'm not going to leave home but i'm gonna tailor it to low skilled low-wage labor the quality of life in Indiana is suffering more than anything else. I think I, I was talking to one of my coworkers this week and people outside of Indiana don't even realize like we have cities or, or they don't even realize like that we have, you know, a strong Jewish community in different mm -hmm. parts of the state. And it's because of the image that our state house is putting out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think places like, Tippecanoe County, Marion County, Allen County, you know, Lake County. We we are the the counties that are actually, you know, providing the economic stimulus, Monroe County to to other um uh counties. So Tammy, when you're talking to your your constituents, what are they saying to you about all the things that could be happening? Because you're in a, a a much more rural type of county, right? Or district, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, we're fairly rural. Uh, we have, Wabash is a small city, but it's an up and coming arts enclave. Oh, like an Austin. So, so there is, yeah, it's, 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 it's like that a little bit. And every day, I kid you not, Dana, every day somebody comes up and says, I didn't realize there were Democrats in, in this county. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it just freaks me out. It really does. And I'm like, yeah, we're here and we're trying to get really loud. Absolutely. Time. Absolutely. You know, I, I invite them to um, come to meetings. I invite them to talk to their friends. And I always give everybody a fistful of my cards. I say, talk to your friends, please. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we got to do. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Well, that's the best way for us to get the message out. I mean, so, you know, mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't realize how uh, sprinkled throughout the state that we are, but if we get them all to turn out, we can make some changes. Like you mm -hmm. were able to do, Lisa, in 18, mm -hmm. by by being the first in 24 years, you and your cohort, being the first in 24 years getting elected. You know, when you're, when you're working, because you have to work across the aisle, talk about some mm -hmm. of the tactics that you're using, Lisa, to, to, to get some of the things that you want to work on and how you're able to work across the aisle. Well, I, I think it's about working on the, the problems and listening to the other side. I mean, I would say on the county council, we all work pretty well together and we all have a, you know, there are things that I think are more important than maybe somebody else does, but I think we're able to um, listen to each other and, and come up with compromises that, you know, we haven't had a lot of, of uh, contentious issues that way on the council. So um, I've been kind of lucky that way, I would say. Um, and I think when it when you get down to the lowest level of government, it, it's really about getting the work done. And, yep. and I think that's one of the 
um, advantages about working at the lowest level of government. It's not so much about if you have a D or an R next to your name, it's more about what's the, the work. The problem that I see is that, you know, it's like you said, people don't know that that we have Democrats in Indiana. Well, we have a lot of Democrats in Indiana and we need to be better organized and we need to be showing up and we need to be, you know, um, having one of the things that we do um, as part of my indivisible group is, you know, we have social events and and people, people just want to sometimes just come out and maybe not canvas or work on something, but they just want to know that there's other people like them and share yeah. friendships. And that's how you build strong communities. You know, you look at other um, big movements that have happened, that's, you know, like civil rights or, or, or women's rights or any of those big movements. It's about having a community and, and building together. And I think we need to do more of that in Indiana, more Dems reaching across to Dems and finding ways for us to talk. So I'm really glad that you're you're doing something like this, Dana. This is this is a, this is great. This is one of those things we need to be doing. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. So you know, I I feel that community. Tell tell us about a time when um you did something, uh, either you did something for a constituent, or some, uh, you had a conversation with a constituent that changed um how you did did what you were going to do, or maybe even um something that you're most proud of in relationship to, you know, working with a constituent? Um, oh boy, with a constituent. Um, it just, it could be constituents. <laughs> well, I think, you know, in, in one of the neat things we have here in West Lafayette is there was this really awesome active climate group in uh, the West Lafayette High School who did some really great activities and they were really wanting uh to have a climate plan for the community and so it was really great to have them be part of the, the groups that were coming up and saying we need things like solar we need to to um uh you know address these issues so it was you know nice when we you know we had a a bond where we did a big building project and as part of that we set aside money specifically for solar knowing that you know, there are people in the community that were asking for for us to start stepping up around climate change and getting ready for that. And um, we've talked a lot about mitigating that. With, with, I have talked a lot about mitigating that with different people and, and what we're going to do. So, And it's um, interesting, you know, a place like Tippecanoe County, you know, one of the best engineering schools in the country, you would uh -huh. think, you know, there would be a little bit more technology and, and solar influences. Yeah. So right when I started, like I just started on the council and um, I was on the area plan commission and, and you know, right before I had really gotten into it, up before us came a windmill ban in the county. And yeah, and I'm sorry to say that that did pass. Um, we did ban the windmill. It wasn't, it didn't come before the council. That was a commissioner's decision. Um, and the people in West Lafayette particularly were really, which is the district I represent, by the way, on the council. I, I am the representative from uh, District 4, which is basically the city of West Lafayette. They're really upset about that. I did vote against it, but um, on the area plan commission, but um, it did pass. And so that was why it was so important that we turned around and we did do a solar, um, did do the solar panels. The area plan commission also did do a solar um, plan so that when people wanted to come in and put commercial solar systems, solar um, systems 
in Tippecanoe County, we had a plan so that it, you know we wouldn't have a situation like this happen again. But it's it is still a, a, a sore spot in the community that this county has banned windmills. Yeah, and and so when I drive up sixty five, uh, and I get past Tippecanoe County, and I see all the windmills, I'm like, and and also I, what I think they miss out on is like those farmers, they can lease that land, and they can make some money, especially since we know that the big farm companies are like chewing up all the land. And if you want to talk about climate and climate change, talk to a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Tippecanoe is one of the windiest counties in the country. That's the other thing; it is a good place to work. Wow! So it's, see, I don't. I'm not. I'm not smart like that. So I don't. I didn't know that. Wow! You will learn things here on Turn Left. Indiana's all day to like Turn Left. You are going to learn things on this show, and and I've had a quite a. I've had a a, a few candidates from the Tippy area, which I'm really excited about. So right. okay, let's move forward a little bit. Um, Tamara, you've not been elected yet, but you see, you know, what's happening in that state house. Tell us about um, three key issues that you want to work on when you get there. Well, one of one of the things that, that came to my mind when Lisa was talking was that bans can be reversed, <laughs> you know, so, you know, hopefully she'll get some more Democrats on that on on that commission and get that overturned. My goodness, how, how ridiculous. And then what are they afraid of? Windmill cancer? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> maybe so, you maybe know, they worried the about turning orange. Thing, the first thing I want to do is to reverse this abortion ban. Um, let's bring some sanity back that supports women's freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. We're talking about personal freedoms. You know, they, they like to talk about all their personal freedoms that, that they think they're losing, which they're not. But but let's talk about women's personal freedoms. Let's let's talk about all the rights that, that we have lost. I mean, can you name one single medical treatment that is denied to men? No. Hmm. There is. No. Hmm. So, you know, that's that's my big issue. My second issue is schooling, edu public education. My big tagline is quality public education is the foundation of a stable society. I believe that with all my heart. And I'm living proof that it is true. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's right there behind women's rights. You know, number two is public education. Let's reverse all this defunding they've been doing. Let's stop giving private organizations and religious organizations our tax money and put it where it's supposed to go, you know, yeah. schools. Yeah. And I'm talking about, you know, when I, I'm not just talking about the schools in my district. Uh, I'm talking about schools in inner city, Indianapolis and Gary, yeah. Fort Wayne, Evansville. Let's, yeah. let's take care of all these kids equally. Yeah. Well, and you know what, before we jump off of that, you know, what I find the most interesting is that, you know, the, you have these people who want to come in and siphon money out of public schools and they want to, you know, tout this school choice and they, they're targeting, really, they're targeting, you know, black and brown communities. We recognize that, right? We know that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the, the unintended consequence, and I want to make sure that I say this as often as I can, because I want people to repeat it when I'm done talking about it. In rural Indiana, 
They don't have no school choice. There's like no, one school corporation. There's one corporation. All the kids go to the same school, but now they have to operate with less money because all the public funds are in the same pot. Yeah. Yep. But in, in Indianapolis, where you're trying to steal money for black and brown people, they got choices. It's the rural kids that don't have choice. I just want to mm -hmm. make sure I throw that out every time somebody talks about public education. Hit them on well, the head I, with it. Yeah. I do know that, that I mean, that they are big schools, but there are uh, religious schools in both Huntington and Wabash. There is that option. But that's it. That's it. We've got like 30 charter schools in Indianapolis. Right. Plus the public schools, plus the parochial schools, plus the private schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's choice. You said, well, we might have a Catholic school in, in Wabash. And we, I got, I got four schools within walking distance from me. They don't have that in rural Indiana. That's all I'm saying. We need to be hitting on the fact that the same legislators who swear they care about rural Indiana are actually taking from rural Indiana to give to their homies. That's all I'm saying. All right. What's the next thing? Keep going. Keep going. One of the things I've learned um, in the last few months is that as much as Republicans like to say they are the, the party of low taxes, they aren't. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys this, but I have found so many different places where they, they hide the taxes. But you're being taxed anyway, right? What do you I, mean? I mean? Wait, 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 whoa, 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 stop. What do you mean? Over. Well, the gas tax is one example. Ah. Until June, we didn't know there was a gas tax that much, right? So, you know, how long have we gone with a 50, cent, 50 cents on every gallon tax that we've been paying? Mm. So you're saying- That's what I'm talking about. And there are other places where there are hidden taxes. I get what you're saying. You're saying they, 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 we don't recognize as consumers how they're, t they're taxing the working class people while they're giving those hu humongous tax breaks to multi-billion dollar organizations. I get what you're saying. Okay. Exactly. So, so you want to work on how we are, are, are tax reform? Is that what, is that, is that what I'm hearing from a Democrat? <laughs> I want to make it. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not great with economics. Okay, I'm a scientist. Um, so those are the kind of numbers I like to work with. But I'm a quick learner, and you know, having found these issues, I'm like, okay, let's talk to people who know more than I do, and get their input. Yeah. Okay. On on how we can make things better and simplify the tax code in Indiana. And, oh, another thing is they tax, they tax your income tax from the, from the feds. How, how is it they do that? When you get a refund from federal? Oh, they're saying they taxes tax the tax it. refund. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, you know, they're gonna tax the, uh, the loan forgiveness too. Yes, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's just cruelty. I think they just did that because Demo a Democratic president did that. Oh my, yeah, that's it. So let me ask, wait a minute, you, you said something that you left out in your who you are and where you come from. You said you're a scientist. What is your, <laughs> what is your background? What kind of science are you into? Because we need more scientists in the state house. 
when I went, I went to Kokomo High School, graduated with honors. And the thing is, I hard classes. Um, I was always taking the hard classes and everyone wondered why I didn't get straight A's. I was A's and B's, don't get me wrong. That's better but, than me. You know, it, it was, uh, it, it, the thing is, I from the time I was a child, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be a horse veterinarian specifically. Okay. okay. And um, so I, I just put myself on that track. And so I went to IU and I earned a degree, a bachelor's degree in biological physical sciences. Well, the uh, going to vet school didn't pan out. And that's a, a whole nother story. It'll be in my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, save it. Save it for the book deal. Yeah. So um, I ended up going to work. I told you at my dad at the same plant my dad mm -hmm. worked at. And I became a sort of a metallurgist. But I was uh, in who, uh, what? quality control okay. and research and development and okay. um, worked in the chemistry lab for a number of years. Okay. Uh, before I went and worked on the, <clears throat> what we call on the floor or on the production lines. Okay. And became a, a steel worker. Okay. So that's my, that's my experience being a scientist, but it's something that never goes away. Mm -hmm. I study, you know, something new in the news or in scientific American and I read, um, excuse me a minute. Well, while you're taking a sip, you know, I find it interesting that you studied, you know, biology. It seems to me like you would be a better person in the state house, you know, to vote on women's reproductive rights since you studied, you actually studied biology. Actually, I'm working on an opinion piece. Okay, well, stay it. Don't, don't tell us about in it yet. To women. I just, I mean, you, you're like an onion. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> you, you got layers. <laughs> And we're, Lisa, we're peeling back those layers. <laughs> you got layers. Uh, Lisa, I want to switch to you real quick, you know, um, mm -hmm. moving forward, because, you know, we, we never can hang our hats on what we've done. We got we got to focus on what we want to do. Talk about the three things that you want to do for Tippecanoe County once you're reelected. So I, I definitely want to keep pushing with the solar. So we've got it on one building, right? So we need to think about any the current buildings we have, so finding money for that. Um, I also want to keep making sure we're transparent, and even though that seems like that's an easy thing to do, we need to keep moving forward on that. And then voting. So we've got new machines, but people still don't know. I, I spent a lot of time registering voters. I, I want to make sure that the election board is making it easy for people to vote, making sure we have good places for people to vote. We're a vote center county. Um, so that's, you know, another place. And then, you know, we are continuing to spend our money responsibly. Um, I do want to bring up one thing, uh, Dana. Sure. You know, you mentioned sure. earlier in the call, uh, earlier in the talk about uh, internet access for the entire rural area of uh, Indiana. Yes. And, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats passed the American Rescue Plan, and we got money, $38 million in Tippecanoe County from the American Rescue Plan, we are using $14 million of that money to get access to every rural area, everywhere in Tippecanoe County will have broadband. That is access. so awesome. 
that <laughs> I I couldn't be happier. I mean, you know, I'm a tech by, you know, trade. I went to school for information systems. And so for me, technology and connecting people, you know, with, with this new tech is what I'm passionate about. And when I keep hearing, you know, they, they make these promises. Our Lieutenant governor made the promise in 2017, what she was going to do. And she's going to work on this thing and we still don't have it. She's full of it. You know what I'm saying? And it just, and it, and, and it's, it's our people who are suffering. That's like saying there's no plumbing or there's no electricity. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. I need people to understand this is a utility now. This is a yeah. utility. This is not a luxury. It's not, remember when cell phones were a luxury? When they were the big bricks, right? They were the big bricks. Now, after 9-11, what happened? Oh, everybody needs a cell phone. Everybody, we need to make make cell phones more affordable, make them you know, accessible to even you know, folks who are not on the high end of the, the, the salary spectrum. Same thing with high-speed internet. I'm not talking about dial-up. Give me no daggone that. I'm talking about high-speed, reliable internet fiber, you know. And that's what Democrats do. They help people. That's why I'm a Democrat, and I'm proud to be a Democrat. And I'm really excited about what we did, uh, what Joe Biden and the Democrats mm -hmm. did to help this country and help everybody, including those people that didn't necessarily vote for him, but he, they're helping everybody. Absolutely. Right, Tammy? We always going to help people that don't want to vote for us. Right. I mean, that's what, I, that's what I tell folks is that, you know, just it, even if you don't vote for me, even if you don't like my ideas, I still care about you because you're my neighbor. Everybody in my district is my neighbor, right? That's the Hoosier value that I grew up with. Okay. I, I just, I just, I can't think any other way. You know, it. you need help. I'm going to help you. I'm not going to say, who'd you vote for before I help you? No, no, no. It's I'm glad to help you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there's, uh, you know, as of late, you know, we've been seeing a lot of unions uh, taking the reins and, you know, like not settling for the okie doke. Sure. I mean, I, that's some. Starbucks, Amazon, the railroad workers. Mm -hmm. I mean, the unions are like showing up. Do you think there's an opportunity for us as Democrats to to to, to work with those union brothers and sisters again? Because remember, it used to be, you know, big business, Republican unions, Democrats, and we were all synonymous. And then 2016, and we lost a lot of our union brothers to that other side. I don't know why, because everything that they've ever done on the right side, on the right of politics has been to dismantle collective bargaining and, and union busting. Mm -hmm. um, as you guys are in your communities, do you think that, and, and Tammy, you can go first. Do you think there's an opportunity for us to reconnect with our union brothers and sisters? I absolutely do. And, and the thing about doing that is we have to get the message right. Um, because, you know, you mentioned these laws that essentially bust unions. And I'm thinking right to work. That messaging is right there in the name of the law it's the right it's it's not right to work <laughs> and you have lost rights you know because of that law and it is the biggest factor in why we've lost so many union jobs over the yep. last 20 years yep yep and so that's the messaging we need to get out there to union people or people considering going to a union who often I hear is, well, unions are corrupt. Well, every 
every single organization has has some ability to be corrupt. It's up to membership to fight back against corruption, you know? But I mean, so, the, the, that argument is so bogus because it how is, it, but I it mean, comes from the right. This is one of the tools they've used. But why do we let them use that it's tool? wrong to be a union member. But why do we let them use that tool when Enron, can, can, <laughs> can, can we talk about businesses being corrupt? Can we talk right. about how Amazon treats its workers because they weren't unionized? I mean, it's so, right. oh, oh, I'm sorry. Once you make six figure salaries, you're no longer assholes. Oh, damn, I, <laughs> that slipped my bad y'all. But it was like, I, that, I hate that. I hate that we let them get away with, well, unions are bad, unions are corrupt. They're no more corrupt than any person who has committed white collar crime and stole money from elderly. Brett Favre stole money from poor people. <laughs> Oh, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the poor state in the union, a city that has a, a state where the city has no clean running water, but they want to talk about unions. Okay. But anyway, well, most, <laughs> and Lisa says most projects that happen in communities are voted on um, at the council level and those funds are dispersed. I mean, I, I don't know. I, Talk about how we can be connected with these unions and, and getting some of these projects. Um, is that something that you think about or? Well, I think a lot of the construction that, and you know, that's a, that's an excellent question. I think a lot of the construction that is done in Tibicanoo County is done with union yes. work. Um, that makes me happy. I, yeah, I know I'm thinking about particularly this, this city of Lafayette is building a new building. And I know that, that I've seen them advertise that it's being built with the union um but you know again it goes back to the state house and the right to work laws and the and, and the federal level and making it hard for um unions to flourish in this country the way that they did in the 50s and 60s when you know everyone you know a lot of people could get a good not everyone but a lot of people could get a good job my i grew up in a union house i did too um, and you know, it, it's just when we've seen the numbers, they're not like they used to be. So yep. we need I'm glad to see Starbucks and I'm glad to see what's going on in Amazon and, you know, but um, we need to make it easier for yeah. people to form unions. Yeah, and, and I yes. know that there have been like, uh, you know, people who have uh, tried to say that, you know, unions um, have been racist in the past, but then I'm um, be honest, everything in America was racist in the past. Everything, every, 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 everything. So, you know, I'm not tossing out the whole country. So I'm not going to toss right. out unions. But right now, unions are the great equalizer. Yes. It is. That's unions where are what the, unions are what built the middle class. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a household where mom, mom didn't graduate high school until she was 21. Daddy never graduated high school. But daddy had a union job and my mother was the smart one. <laughs> and I lived, a, 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 I tell people all the time, I lived a relatively charmed life. You know, I wasn't, we never wanted for nothing. I wasn't hungry. I didn't, you know, I had my own room with my black and white television. I was a happy girl. So unions is, is, the, is the equalizer. And I want to make sure that we as Democrats always talk about that, especially now with that activity that's happening around the country, you know, the railroad, 
union. They were like, they didn't even have any sick days. It was crazy. That, 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 to me, that's corruption, that you would want your employee to work nonstop and not give them a day off. That's corruption, if you ask me. All right, y'all. You know what? We've come towards the end of the show. <laughs> so, Lisa, uh, tell the people where they can find you uh, via social media and any events that you might have coming up. So you can find me on Facebook at Dellum for County Council or, you know, or, or I'm also got a website, Dellum for County Council. It's pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, I'll just be out canvassing. I'm going to be doing postcarding and I, I'll be in a County Council meeting next Tuesday. So um, my uh, County Council email is ldellum at tippycanoe.in.gov. What's your favorite part of campaigning? Um, it's talking to people <laughs> and sometimes I have to be a little bit careful because, you know, it is a job that's dealing with a lot of money and I can get a little bit nerded out because I enjoy the numbers and those things. So, but it's just talking about local government. So many people don't know how their local government works. And I just love telling them and explaining it. Well, I, I can listen to you talk about it all day. You did not nerd out on me. I appreciate it. I mean, in your energy and your love for your community, just kind of, it comes through. So keep doing well, what you. you're doing. Keep keep the work up. Lisa, tell the, I just did Lisa. Tammy, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, I am on Facebook and I'm on here. Oh, I got your logo me. up, boo. <laughs> okay. Um, my okay i'm on facebook and i'm on twitter and i have a TikTok, but i don't use it very much because i don't know how <laughs> i don't i'm not a techie <laughs> I, well I, see i am a techie and i refuse to download TikTok on any of my devices and it's be, i mean granted we don't know what code is doing what but at least i know zuckerberg is <laughs> is really going like he's an american and he's not gonna like take my information and find loopholes to bomb us. I'm just saying. I'm just, I, I don't do TikTok, but y'all go ahead. Tick and talk it away. But anyway, and what events you got coming up? Uh on Monday night, Wabash County Dems are having a town hall. Uh meet us at Wings at seven o'clock. I think it's at seven, six or seven. Okay. Uh and then on October eleventh, the Wabash Dems will be having another town hall meet and greet in um north manchester at the library there i love it i love it and what's your favorite part of campaigning meeting people and when they get excited about you know oh my gosh there's a democrat running and one of the things i tell them and this really this is really funny um you know they, they look at my card and they say well what are you as in what party and i'm like well first I'm an American. <laughs> Second, I'm a Hoosier. I'm a wife and um, an aunt and a mom to furry critters. And somewhere along the line, I'm a Democrat, you know, um, because I don't put party over everything else. No one, I'm, you know what? I don't put party over everything either, but I'm a proud Democrat. Like, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not proud to be a Democrat, um, but I gotta, you know, remind people, you know, so many times I've gotten uh, some people say, well, that Nancy Pelosi and 
oh my gosh, AOC. I'm like, well, you know, they're in Washington. I just want to go to Indianapolis. I'm not Nancy. I'm not AOC or any of those. I'm Tammy from the sticks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when we start telling them, like, I love meeting people who, you know, are like, oh, you're a D. So I, I, but I talk about, well, how about this? Um, we did this. We brought you some money. We got you this. We got you the vaccines. We did you this. We did that. You know? And it's like the other people, they got an office. First thing they did was give themselves a tax cut. We get an mm -hmm. office, we get an infrastructure plan. We get build back better. We, you know, and so I, I let them, I let them talk about they don't like D's, but then I, I let them talk about how they like all the things that D's give them. Sometimes I hear, well, you know, that that border, it's it's a problem. The I'm border. saying, we're in Indiana. We're not going to work on the border in Indianapolis. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Today, because of the all of the uh, Trump nonsense that was going on, well, not nonsense, I'm actually... The New York AG, uh, I'm super excited about. I watched her press oh, conference yeah. uh, yesterday, and she talked about the, the lawsuit that she's filing for $250 million against the Trump organization and wants mm -hmm. to prevent them from being able to buy and sell property in New York for the next five years. Whew, mm -hmm. I just loved it. I love listening to her just be, because I don't understand why it's a prosecutor, a black woman prosecutor in Atlanta and a black attorney general, black female attorney general in New York who have the big enough ovaries to go after this Trump organization because apparently balls don't get you nowhere. I'm just That's saying, right. I'm going to let that, I'm just saying, because, you know, got to have ovaries yeah. because these black women are bringing it to them. They are not scared. But, but I don't, I forgot, I got on a tangent because it's just a wonderful <laughs> thing, right? You talk about the corruption and these people being all corrupt and they just, mm. I love it. I forgot what I was going to say because I just got on the black woman power law. Like, don't you just wish some of those other people who like Lindsey Graham, you like, he's such a wishy-washy little sucker, but they in Washington. We need that kind of moxie right here in Indiana. And I think both of you guys uh, have that. And we need some scientists uh, in that state house because apparently... And a bio, you studied biology, you know, <laughs> you could probably teach those things, those fellas a thing or two about the woman's body. If they body. want to learn, if they yeah, want to I learn. forgot what I was going to say. I don't think they do. But be a, be a, you know, I get it, but, you know, be, they, they like to intimidate us and, and make it, mm. cause we're kind people, right? We don't want to hurt mm. people's feelings. We don't want to make them uncomfortable. You know, we, we, we do what we can to make our fellow citizen comfortable, but I'm not going to do that no more because me trying to make you comfortable could be harmful to my health. That's right. It is what it is. All right, y'all. Hey, listen, Indiana's on Dana Black turn left. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, if you are not paying attention, make sure you find a way to support Thomas McDermott, Mayor Thomas McDermott. I, listen, there's, Todd Young, Senator Todd Young can talk about that he, that poll is not reliable and that, you know, he's going to win by a long shot. All I know is that I've seen back to back to back to back to back Todd Young commercials that do y'all know how much money it costs to run a commercial on, on national TV? Mm. He's running commercials back to back to back somebody nervous mm -hmm. somebody ain't so sure they gonna win because they spending a lot of money for a race that they think they got in the bag i'm being real honest 
When I ran against Brian Bosman, I didn't get him to spend not one cent. <laughs> he didn't spend not one penny. He knew he was safe. Todd Young is spending a lot of money. So y'all find Thomas McDermott, find a way to support him and his campaign. Obviously, Jessica McClellan and Zanae Brooks, make sure you're supporting all four of our statewide candidates because there's an opportunity for us to flip all those seats because those are not based on districts. They're not based on gerrymandering. We have an opportunity to send a Democrat to the, to the U.S. Senate. Now, one other race that I want us all to pay attention to before we hang up today. The first congressional district with Frank Mervan. Okay. I know y'all like Lake County's good. You know, we always go blue, blah, blah, blah. Don't rest on that. You know, they found themselves a good old maggot. What's a maggot? You remember the Ronettes? It was the, the black girl group that, you know, Ronnie Spector had. You know what I'm saying? They called them the Ronettes. Well, you know, they always can find some black chick somewhere to be maggots. You know, black women that support the orange menace. They exist. You know, we're not a monolith. I always say elect women and I always say with like black women, but some black women should stay they behinds out of office. And the, <laughs> and the girlfriend that's running up there in district one, they found them a good maggot because her resume looks good. I need y'all to understand some people do vote because someone is black. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Cause you know, how many times white people vote? Cause they're just white. It happens. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But we can't let too many of them do it. So if you can, I need you guys to donate. If you're going to give some money to Congressman Carson, hold it. Get that money to, to Frank Mervan. So Representative Mervan can use some help. He needs our help to make sure that we, he, he retains that seat. They have actually said that that seat is a toss-up. My dude, Andre, my, Congressman Carson, he good. He good, mm -hmm. right? Let's go. We, we only have two Democrats that we send to Washington, y'all. Only two. So we got to protect that seat and flip that McDermott seat so that we can get some better representation in DC. All right, Indiana's on Dana Black. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure that you find out where the events are. I will, don't forget to follow me on YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to my Spotify, and I have more candidates coming on because I want to make sure that I'm talking about how fantastic we Democrats are until November the 8th. All right, Indiana's on Dana Black. I'll holler at y'all next time. Peace. Turn Left is the property of Black Pearl IT Solutions. Executive producer, Indiana's own Dana Black. Music by www.finsound.com. <laughs>